everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and I am your host, Dia. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but I use those three words quite a lot in the tagline and the description of this podcast, and that is connected, empowered, and joyful. In case you were wondering, I did not sit for hours on end trying to decide which words to use. In fact, I probably could have used any other number of different words or added more to this list that I use all the time. Um, But I wanted to talk today with you about what it might mean to live in those states, the state of being connected, empowered, and joyful, because they're just words, right, until we assign meaning to them or we assign associations. Um, But more importantly, I really want to invite you to ask, to inquire, and to discover what being connected, empowered, and joyful might look and feel like for you so that you can find your own aligned path towards those states of being. Before we dive deeper, I have a couple of announcements. If you haven't already heard, I just recently released the Modern Pen Pal list. It's basically like an electronic self-care and self-inquiring care package that gets delivered in your inbox. You might get things like guided meditations, little love notes, some ways on how to check in with yourself, new ideas and things that get us to look a little bit deeper inward and so much more. So if you want a spot on the list, just go ahead and go to penpals.herewithdia.com. That's penpals.herewithdia.com. We also do have a private Facebook group. You can just look up Paths Back to You. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at paths underscore back to you. So P-A-T-H-S underscore back to you. So what does it mean to be connected, empowered, and joyful? Let's first talk about how expansive and at the same time restrictive the nature of language is. Words can often carry many different meaning and within it varying nuances. For each individual, it could carry a different sound and imagery, a different feeling and association. There can literally be a trending word or even a collective disdain of a word. For example, because of social media, a word such as authentic, which used to carry a certain degree of positive connotations. Nowadays, when you hear it, and especially if you live someplace like Los Angeles, you might find a good amount of people that roll their eyes. Why? Because we feel as if there is no such thing anymore, because it has been used so often and so frequently as a word or quality for people to prove something a realness, so to speak, you know, are you authentic? Am I authentic? And in reality, we all know, and we all witness that on social media, 90% of what we see are screened, staged and filtered. So I want you to think about those things as you read, watch and listen to any material that is offered to you. And I don't just mean here, I mean anytime, anywhere. I think that a lot of times we get stuck on a word or some words because it sits wrong with us, or our ego thinks we're above it, and a variety of reasons. And then all of a sudden, this great message gets rejected or ignored. I've definitely done that before. Uh, The reason why I use these words often at the moment is because I find a lot of value in what they could mean for all of us. And because we're unique individuals who, on a very personal level, we all want different things. But I feel right now, those three are the energies that most, if not all of us, could align and quote unquote benefit from. So let's first talk about the word connected. 
So what does it feel or what does it look like to be connected on a personal level, on an interpersonal level, and even, let's say, on a cosmic or a universal level? For me, what I think of connected, I am first and foremost connected to me, my truth, my inner guidance system. Whether we like it or not, that's kind of how our experiences is, at least initially. We see everything through our own lens, our own perspective, which is why it's so incredibly important that this connection happens first within us. So what is our truth and what does our inner guidance system tell us? Connected means awareness. It's like having this open line of communication. It's like you have the number to your inner guidance um, or just to you, all of you, what's, with what's going on inside of us. So, so this way, when we're connected, we're open to ourselves and we're not shut off. And I don't just mean open to the good things. I mean open to all, all the things. It could mean that, let's say, if you're connected, it could mean that when you get into an argument with your spouse or your family member or your coworker and you feel anger, which is completely natural and okay. And when you have this connection, this connectedness within yourself, an open line, you can tap into. Wait a minute. Actually, this anger is my ego transforming pain and shame or fear of rejection into a defense mechanism. When we realize this, we can actually utilize this energy of anger to transmute this pain body. Of course, that's going to be, you know, a process of its own, but this is something that we can now utilize once we have that connection with ourselves to recognize that, in fact, this anger isn't anger from nothing or just from this tiny remark. It's something that's connected to something deeper. And I want to emphasize on this. Every single emotion can be so useful. It's like these little clues that leads us closer to what we need to witness or maybe heal. I'm not saying it's not icky or uncomfortable or might even feel like hell sometimes when we encounter those emotions, but they're present with us for a reason. And we can either deny the opportunity to take a look and ask a question, or we could inquire and see what little gem or what piece of gold we might discover behind all of this discomfort or these emotions. So connected for me on a cosmic level might look like being able to become aware and harness or simply just navigate whatever is happening on a cosmic level. If looking at planetary transits like Mercury, Mars, Saturn, whatever is too much for you, then simply take a look at the sun and the moon. We can't deny the fact that the sun and the moon affect all of us on this planet. The moon affects the ocean tides and Have you seen those news articles about how when an extremely big solar flare hits, it can disrupt our signals and our electronics? So it's not all woo-woo. It is actually physical, it's tangible and scientific. So connected also means being connected to earth, to nature, and to allow our magical planet to take care of us and to take care of it. In whatever way that is accessible to you or for you. For example, 100%, if you lay down under a tree for a while, I guarantee if you just allow yourself to be immersed in this simple experience, you'll feel the grace of nature. You'll feel the earth holding you and grounding you. And again, I'm bringing all of these up as to what it could possibly look or feel like for me. So think about what connectedness might mean for you. Connectedness on an interpersonal level might be the most complicated one. So I In one way, for me, it feels like having sympathy and compassion. 
I want to talk about the word empath here because it's been used a lot these days. There are a lot of people who are empaths for sure. And in the sense that they're very sensitive and they pick up on other people's energies and emotions. And sometimes when it's not properly guarded or released, it could be very hard for those people to distinguish which feeling is theirs and which feelings they actually picked up from other people. However, there's also trauma showing up as extremely empathetic tendencies. So this is important to recognize because I think that there are some of us that can use this empathy as a way of abandoning ourselves. What do I mean by that? For example, if you grew up in a household where you were constantly scolded, punished, or rewarded for certain behaviors that were set by other people, where your self-worth was determined by how you obeyed or if you did what you were told, um, that's how you were given nurture by your caregivers. We normally, of course, collectively on an agreed level, think that we arrive onto this earth or this reality and our parents are our caregivers but actually a lot of times the children becomes the caregivers and the caretakers to those parents and it could also be on a more extreme level you have to be really careful to navigate the adults emotions and actions that were around you so as to not upset them or maybe so as to avoid any verbal or physical abuse put on you And for people who's had a a range of experiences like these might end up as adults who are very, very empathetic, have a lot of um, empathy for others. But what's actually happening is that those children just got really good at tiptoeing around other people, always checking in, always nervous to make sure other people are doing okay emotionally, physically, whatever. What's happening is we're picking up these sensory cues whether that's visual auditory or even people's energy and emotions this shows up as trying to tend to other people's needs in your life constantly putting them before your own people pleasing or choosing others before choosing ourselves but a lot of times we think that it's okay because this means we're so compassionate and we're so empathetic and because we feel others pain so deeply that we just want to give and give and give but being connected in an interpersonal way, is always amazing. We learn to treat others, not as how we want to be treated, but how they want to be treated. You know, oftentimes we hear this, treat others how I want to be treated. The most important lesson I ever learned from years of working in retail is that everyone is so different and not everyone has the same needs or wants or love languages. And it's very important for us to be curious and open to connect with that frame of mind. Just because something doesn't make sense to me doesn't mean it can't be your truth and it can still be completely valid for you. So we can see how this connectedness can show up in really wonderful ways and really caring and nurturing ways. And also this desire for connection can be quite detrimental. So Now is the perfect time for us to move on to the next word. And we're going to move on to the word empowered. What does empowered mean? It means holding power. And power is a very tricky word. If you're powerful, what does that mean? It means something different to everyone, right? Maybe power to you means money. Maybe power to you means physical strength or attractiveness. Maybe power is being able to manipulate others. Powers to get ahead. 
And on a very surface level, power feels like a very masculine word in today's perceptions. And on some level, it is. But I think that living aligned and empowered is also a very feminine energy. And if you didn't already hear about it, each one of us has masculine and feminine energies within us. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, whatever gender you identify with. All of us has masculine and feminine energies within us. So why do I think the super macho action-oriented masculine word is also feminine? Because living empowered means you get real. You get super real and honest about who you are. Your truths, your authentic truths. We drop all the BS and the conditioning and the programs that's been put upon us, some willingly, some unwillingly, and there's no shame in it. Every one of us has been programmed to some degree by all of our experiences, our environment, our society, and humanity as whole on what's acceptable um, and what's not. We've been conditioned to know what to be proud of, which qualities or characteristics we can be proud of, and what we should be ashamed of. But empowered means we began to take a look honestly at each of those things and openly, and we began to embrace the whole picture. We take our power back. And I don't know what's more nurturing, nourishing, caring, and loving than that. So that's why I see it both as a feminine and masculine energy. Being empowered could be as simple as saying, you know what, I love you guys, you go out and have fun, go do your drinking and partying, but it's actually not what I want to do today. I'd rather stay in, pop on a movie and have some tea tonight. Empowered can look like setting really healthy boundaries. In the eyes of, you know, such experienced global and collective loneliness, which most of us have felt experience at some point, we tend to dissolve or forget our boundaries so that we can be accepted, loved, and thus connected to a community or to another person. In a way, we give our power away by doing this because we want so badly to, to be accepted, to be included, to belong to something, someone. So being empowered means really dedicating the time and the work. I hate calling it work because it sounds so tedious. Let's say dedicating time and energy and intention to find out what are your boundaries. What is an okay for you and what is always not an okay for you? And learning to say no when someone crosses that boundary. Learning what is a red flag for you instead of ignoring it just because you so want to belong. And not only that, But knowing that it's okay that we have different boundaries and knowing it's okay, for example, to not want to answer an uncomfortable question. It's okay to not want to go out today and you can still be valued as a person and a friend. And being empowered and setting boundaries isn't saying that we should bulldoze our way through life and people doing whatever the hell we want. I know that sometimes we like to take things to the extreme and so play the devil's advocate, so to speak. I get it. But the kind of empowerment that I'm talking about here isn't forceful. It isn't pushing someone else down to gain. It isn't pushing someone else to do something. It's loving yourself so much and taking your power back. It's understanding that your need to be loved by others isn't more important than the love you must have for yourself. Empowered means being so connected and aligned with who you are that you've discovered, explored, and played inside all the crevices of the playground that is you. 
the things that you love, the things that you forgot that you love, things that light you up and what really gets you down, what feels icky for you, what ideas help you create and give you energy and what things make you feel stuck and stagnant. It's a fun exploration of all that is you or me or us. Being in an empowered state means saying yes to what is authentically aligned with your truth, not the belief systems that other people taught us and we've taken on as our own. And this is why I always emphasize that we're not here to seek the perfect versions of ourselves. We're simply here to remember who we already are, who we are, but we've forgotten because they're so they're buried so deep under layers and layers of conditioning and a lot of times under buried pain. Empowered also means no longer denying that inner guidance, its chance to speak and guide us. For example, maybe when you were a teenager, you didn't know how to say no, and you went along in a really sketchy situation because you just wanted to fit in. Yet there was this voice inside telling you to get out, to run, that this was not a good situation for you to be in, that maybe you don't want to smoke that cigarette or whatever. Maybe a long time ago when you were that teenager, you didn't listen. But we can always begin now. We can start to establish that trust within ourselves. And it doesn't have to be a um, end-all, be-all. It could be a process of reclaiming that trust, regaining that trust. And being empowered means that eventually we do come to trust ourselves. Instead of allowing other people's truths, which are okay because they are authentically true to them and that's wonderful, but we don't let other people's truths to misdirect us from our different set of truths. Empowered can also look like learning to embrace our shadow and hear our wounds, heal our wounds. What is more courageous and powerful than looking at all the most uncomfortable things that we can discover within us and say, you know what? I'm not turning away. I'm not going to give my power away anymore. And I'm not going to project my own stuff and my own wounds onto other people. Empowered is someone who everyone wants to gravitate towards or everyone just naturally gravitate towards because that person's compassion and understanding and their fearlessness, so to speak, and clarity extends from within them and beyond themselves. So these are some of the things that I think empowered looks like. And I want you to right now take a moment and think about what being empowered looks like for you, feels like for you. How do you begin today to start taking your power back? So last, but definitely not the least, joy. What does it mean to live joyfully? What is a joyful version of us? Or how does that feel like? So the word that I've consciously replaced within my vocabulary is the word happiness. I use joy instead of happiness. So what does the U.S. Constitution say? Life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This line is such a great example of why I use joy rather than happiness. Because we have to pursue happiness. How many of us have searched and chased high and low for anything that can get us that dose of happiness? Yet it is so fleeting and evasive, right? (laughs) Happiness is this unachievable thing. Well, it is achievable, but You know, it's this thing at the ultimate top of the pyramid. And again, I want to interject here because I'm using these words and they mean what they mean because we've assigned a collective definition to them, nuances to them. But still, we can agree that happiness feels like this ultimate goal that everybody's after. 
There are so many books written on it, how to be happy, how to find happiness. And when we fail to find it, it's very frustrating. We feel defeated. We feel lost. But the thing is, nothing is constant. No emotion is always ever present. We cannot be happy every single moment and every single day of our lives. We wouldn't have that polarity to know what happiness was unless we also had unhappiness. And truly, the only constant there ever is, is change itself. It's the impermanence of everything. The fact that every single thing, even things that seem super solid and permanent, like taxes, if you just zoom out far enough, you'll see that everything changes. Mountains, trees, the earth, everything shifts, it mutates, it grows, it dies, it evolves. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't be happy. I love happy moments and I love happy memories, but Oftentimes, we cling so tightly onto either the memory or the desire of experiencing that happiness that it takes, into, it takes us into a state of lack, of desiring for something that we don't have right now, <laughs> into either the past or the future, which are two places where oftentimes a lot of us find stress and resistance. But for me, and maybe for you as well, I really very much prefer the word joy to happiness. And here's my take on joy. Joy can be found in every moment. Joy is light. It can be, but it doesn't always have to be over the top ecstatic. Joy is being able to find gratitude in every moment. Doesn't matter if it's a good moment or a bad moment. Joy can be simple pleasures. Joy is a state of being, not an achievement. It's like... Uh, it's like a magnifying glass that we can grab at any moment and put over our eyes and see things differently. Maybe it's more like a kaleidoscope rather than a magnifying glass. I'm not sure. See it however you want. So joy is a state of being rather than a thing to be pursued. And I think that if we tap into the frequency of joy, we might find more silliness more lightheartedness. Maybe we laugh at ourselves and we trip over our own feet. And joy is in accepting that you cannot alter the past or predict the future. That this very moment that you're aware of right now is the moment of total acceptance. Joy is in acknowledging that hard and painful things happen to all of us. And it's not our fault but that our connected and empowered selves can learn and choose not to add another layer of self-created pain, self-generated pain on top of these negative experiences. It's the aha moment when you find what it means to surrender because we hear that word a lot, but what does it mean? How do I surrender? We can acknowledge, honor, and learn from our challenges and the difficult moments in life but we can also learn how to not add any additional suffering by the way of our own thoughts, our own patterns, our own belief system. Joy is contentment. It's when you're walking in the forest and everything feels okay. It may not feel like happiness. It could, but it's just this okay. It's this warmth. It's like that very slight upturned smile that is shared privately in your own inner playground. It's a knowing that even the toughest challenges are not meaningless. 
Joy is allowing your body to twist and flow and do funky things or weird movements with music that moves you and not caring about what it looks like, but just that it feels right. Joy is that feeling in your heart expanding and opening in your chest, reminding us how alive we are. Even in moments of hard emotions, when you feel, when you sympathize with another suffering, but your heart is still expanding, it's not constricting, it's not retracting. And it reminds you of how alive you are. And how lucky we are to have another day, another moment of this kind of awareness, this aliveness, so that we can experience and absorb and create and also to let go. So I want you to take a moment and think about what joy looks and feels like for you. So what did connected, empowered, and joyful look like for you? If you feel compelled or you feel this desire, feel free to write them down on your phone or on a piece of paper so that you can return to it. And really don't think too much. Rather, let your subconscious guide you. Let your inner guidance show you what those things feel and look and sound and what those experiences might be for you when you're in the state of empowered, connected, and joyful. And whatever it is that showed up for you, we can begin to see how we can tap into those states of being. What does it mean for your relationships with other people? What does it mean in your everyday experiences, the small and the big moments in our lives? And trust me, because I've experienced this before, a part of being connected to the universe or the cosmos at large is that once your intention is set on this journey inward, and ultimately inward leads to expansion as well outwardly, things will come into your life. It might not be immediate, or you might not notice it at first, although you could be, but people, books, videos, movies, experiences, opportunities, trips, things will arise synchronistically to help align you onto the path that guides you back home. It's actually really magical. A lot of times we see little things and we just say, oh, it's a coincidence possibly. But what if we saw that as this magical synchronicity, this little love note that the universe sends us or that we've manifested somehow? Isn't it so much more fun to see those things as little magical occurrences rather than just playing old simple, oh, I just got lucky coincidences? I really believe that when we set an intention on something, especially something as important as this journey inward, this, this discovery towards coming home to ourselves, we are really assisted and guided and it's kind of nudging us and guiding us onto the past that feels the most true for us and to help us remember what did I sign up to do here? We're so pressured these days to achieve and to gain and to build and, and that could be your purpose and by all means that's wonderful but I think the pressure to to do something profound is a pressure that we don't all need, you know? But every whatever you signed up to do in this lifetime is meaningful and powerful and beautiful. And truly, 
getting connected with yourself in this way, feeling empowered in this way, tapping into joy, I believe is are a huge part of how we come back home. If you enjoy the podcast, please give it a follow wherever you listen. And if you guys have the time, if you can leave a positive rating um, and or review on iTunes so that maybe someone else may synchronistically discover those paths as well. And until next time, I am your host, Dia. Dia.